Acts chapter 3. Go to Acts chapter 3. But you know what? The Lord, I'm telling you, he, he is just calling us personally as a local church, as the body of Christ, obviously, as a whole, to go higher spiritually. The call, the call to do that has always been there. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, we are in a season. Can you feel it? We are in a season where he is being just so, oh, so merciful, so graceful. Pouring out his spirit like this. Drawing us. He is calling us and tugging on our hearts. He's telling us to press in. Seek my face like never before. I can hear him saying it. And this message I want to share with you today is just another piece of that puzzle. How many of you know uh, when you hear a message, uh, a sermon or whatever, I mean, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Amen? Just one piece. And the puzzle's coming together. But, you know, we need to remove every spiritual dam in our life. So that the Holy Spirit can have his way in every area of our lives. How many, uh, how many of you believe that there may be one or two spiritual dams in your life that you need to, uh, huh? You need, <laughs> But do you, listen, do you know how a dam breaks? When pressure is put against it. So much pressure, the breakthrough comes. And we need to press in and seek the face of God like never before. By the way, this happened to me in the past and, and it's been happening to me again recently in prayer. The Holy Spirit has been reminding me of the name of the ministry that the Lord, the Lord gave me this name, by the way, when I was down at Rama Bible Training Center in, in Oklahoma, Tulsa area. And he, one day I was walking, just praying in the spirit across the, the field, and, and all of a sudden the name Revival Christian Center just jumped out of my spirit. And I'm like, well, oh, that's interesting. Wow, that's a great name, Lord. Didn't know where I was supposed to use it. <laughs> Amen. But I knew, it, and, and the Lord was reminding me that he sent us here, and this, the name of this ministry is Prophetic. And it's not by accident, come on somebody, that we are in Big Rapids, Michigan. And that is why Rodney Howard Brown, when he prophesied over Elizabeth and I and about the ministry in the area, at the end of his prophecy, he kept yelling, he kept yelling, mighty rapids, mighty rapids, mighty rapids. And the Holy Ghost said, it's, by no, it's no accident that you, you guys are in Big Rapids in the name of your ministry's Revival Christian Center. I just want you to hold on to that. That's not a coincidence. That is a prophetic word. But the river of God, that spirit, the revival is getting ready to be loosed in this area. Now, before you leave today, I just feel like I need to prompt you. Make sure you stop by the revival news board back there. And read the prophecy, the word that the Lord gave me back in 2005. September 17th, 2005. About what he wants to do and what he's going to accomplish in this area. And it's going to come to pass because we are pressing in and we want it. Amen? Those of you watching online, you can go to revivalchristian.org and read it under prophetic words. Because some of you watching might be coming to Big Rapids one day. Come on. One thing in the prophecy said, many will come from afar and taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you, hey, Grand Rapids Airport and all that, they're going to be thanking uh, God for the move of the Spirit. Amen? Yeah. 
How many of you know when revival hits, the whole area is blessed because of it? Amen? Hallelujah. All right, guys. When God asked you and I a question, that doesn't mean that he doesn't know the answer. Did you know that? Sorry to bust your bubble. I know we like to counsel God, you know? I mean, we get to... But what he's trying to do is trying to get his point across to you and I. So go to Acts 3, 1 through 10. Let's read this. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms uh, for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and, and John... About to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately... His feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Peter and John were on their way to prayer one day, and a man that was lame, it says from his mother's womb, was sitting at the gate of the temple, hoping that people would come by and give him money, would give him food, give him something so he could continue to live on. The man would be put in that spot by the temple on a daily basis. That was his job. Just sit me there and I'm going to beg all day long. Now, come on. Can you imagine the hopelessness, the emotional pain that this man was experiencing day after day? Think about this. He has never walked in his whole life. Didn't know what it was like to walk. From his mother's womb. And this man thought that he was going to stay that way. And that things would never turn around in his life. And there are some here today and listening to me that feel that there is no hope in your life. There's no hope for the situation that you're in right now. And I'm telling you, you are falling into the same trap that the lame man did. You are looking unto man as your source instead of God. Come on, somebody. Your expectation level is zero like the lame man was. And it took Peter and John to come along to point the man back to Jesus, or point the man to Jesus as his source. The expectation of the lame man was just to receive the money or food from Peter and John. 
He was looking unto man as the source. But the man left the gate, walking, leaping, and praising God when he turned his focus, say focus, come on, toward the finished work of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Whatever situation you're in, if you'll turn your focus off of that situation and turn it back on the Lord Jesus Christ and the written word of God, you too will leave the gate walking, leaping, and praising God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Listen. God is not moved by your need. He is moved, come on, by your faith, by your trust in him. Obviously, it took Peter and John to come along to speak a word to this man, and faith rose up in his heart. And I am that messenger for you today. Now, you need to turn your focus on the Lord. In the body of Christ, there are many lame Christians, they are weak and crippled spiritually. Because they are looking unto man. They're looking unto the flesh as their source of provision. Go to John 5. I want to show you something here. Oh, the Holy Ghost is moving. The waters are being stirred. The waters are being stirred. I said the waters are being stirred. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool, and there it is, stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time, people. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? What do you mean, Jesus? That's why I'm here. uh... Again, Jesus said, Do you want to be made well? Let me me put it in, in some modern day language for you. Do you want to come out of your pity party? Do you want to come out of your pity party? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, this man had an infirmity for 30 Eight years. 38. Not three months. 
Not six months, not five years, not ten years, 38 years. So, like the lame man, this, this man was in a place of hopelessness. He was discouraged. And Jesus comes along and asks him, do you want to be made well? Have you ever had that on the inside of you? Has the Holy Spirit ever said that to any one of you? Do you want to be, do you want to be made well? Do, do you want to come out of this pity party? Well, he is today. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Again, this man had an excuse. Excuses are like, well, everyone's got one. Come on, somebody. Again, this man was relying on man as his source. Little did he know that God was standing right by him, ready to heal his broken body and broken heart. Guys, do we have a revelation that there is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection? The waters are being stirred. And it started 2,000 years ago. The thing is, it's not whoever is the first one in, it's whoever wants to get in. Oh, glory. My goodness. How many times have we missed a visitation of God's spirit, God's power in our life because we were too focused on man and things in the natural as our source of provision? God, I'm telling you, there is a mighty stirring happening here. And it's available to you today. Jesus Christ has overcome Satan, every evil spirit, every sickness, every disease, every infirmity that's known to man and that is not known to man. Come on, somebody. Go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Oh, by the way, the message or the, the title of my message today, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? I'll say this after me. Say, what am I looking at? I got to get focused on Jesus Christ and the written word of God. Because the written word of God is the word is the will of God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man. You know, it doesn't say cursed is the person who's not saved, who's on their way to hell. It simply says cursed is the man or person who trusts in man. And makes, his, makes flesh his strength. Meaning everything in the natural. It's what I can do. It's all on me. It's all, everything in the natural, what I can see, what I can do. It's all on me. God, sorry, you're out of the equation. Your promises, they're nice. But you know that those were 2,000 years ago or so or more. You know what? 
No. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Backslidden. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Think about this. But shall inhabit the parched or dry places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. In other words, you're not trusting in God. If all your faith and trust is in man, guess what? You just put a dam in your life and the blessings of God are not able to cross. By your own free will. It's not God's fault. Think about this. You are hindering your blessing by trusting in your own abilities apart from God. Your job is not your source. Your spouse is not your source. Your education is not your source. Let me remind you, 32 degrees is still freezing. You'll get that later then, I guess, most rest of you. Listen, you know what? Even doctors are not your source. Stop leaning upon the arm of flesh. Now, I, I got to say this because there's some people who will just take that to the extreme, what I just said, and, and they'll, they'll uh, you know, the heresy hunters will come around and tr- throw me in the trash, okay, with some others. But what, listen, if you're on medication, do not stop taking it until the doctor tells you to get off of it. People have lost their lives because it wasn't faith at all. God didn't tell them to do it at all. It was foolishness and presumption. Right? So you know what? God's not offended when you need a confirmation to get off of it. Are you hearing me? All right. All right. Well, uh, I mean, there are other situations, but you know what? That's between you and God, and legally, I'm not bound to that one anymore. Amen? You heard my disclaimer. All right? (laughs) But there is nothing faithless about that. All right? In fact, doctors are not evil. In fact, Luke was in the Bible. Luke, he was a doctor. He was a physician. Jesus didn't have problems with it. Jesus referred to physicians a lot. Or or he, he did refer to physicians, all right? But, uh, but while you are getting that treatment, while you are in medication, being led by the Holy Spirit every bit of the way, mind you, you need to look to Jesus as your healer. You've got to. My question again uh, to you is this. What are you looking at? What, uh, take, just take a look at your life. Examine your heart. What have you been looking at? And maybe that's why you've been feeling so spiritually dry in your life. Because you really haven't been looking to God. Sure, you read the word and, oh, wow, yeah, that's good. But really, you know, you you really didn't take hold of it in your heart. It's up here. You know what it says, but you really didn't take hold of it in your heart. But did you know that faith is of the heart? Faith is of the heart. Look at Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 now. It says, blessed... Blessed is the man or person who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. 
but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Wow! Take hold of that! Glory to God. It's yours. And whoever else wants to take it. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. Do you, I mean, come on. How small is your God? Do you really believe that he can't? I mean, the God who, who holds the tides back from rushing over the whole continent. Oh, what? 75% of this earth is, is water. The God who holds back the water can't intervene in your life and turn things around like that? Come on, somebody. We need to start believing him with radical faith. Radical faith. Believe him for wild things. My goodness. How have we limited God so much? What we've done is we created a God of our own self, you know, like clay, you know, and we bow down to this, we pray to that, you know, thing, and, uh, and God's saying, uh, hey, pal, uh, that's an idol. You made your own God. My, my, my. I, I just feel this. We need to start believing God for radical blessings. And you need to tell him you're, you're believing him for it. Not just talk, but faith. Oh. Uh, trust or, or faith, your hope and faith in the Lord and in his word is your root system. It's your root system. Some of you are... are are, are feeling so dry spiritually because your roots, you, you, you were in Christ in the vine at one time and then you, you transplanted yourself and you planted yourself in dry, parched ground because you took your trust and faith totally. You took your focus off of Jesus. You, you took your focus off of the word of God. For some... There's just an issue in your life that's plain disobedience and it's a dam in your life. Whoever that is, the Holy Ghost is going to show you that. If he hasn't already, I'm sure he's been trying. But start listening to him. Be open to him. <laughs> By your faith in God, you are tapping your roots. Just when that baby cried there, it just reminded me of childlike faith. That's why I, I kind of smiled when I heard that baby kind of laugh. It just reminds me, we need childlike faith. Have we grown up so much and become so mature and smarter than God Almighty in the Word of God? God forbid. But by your faith in God, you are tapping your roots into the living water. And that will keep you alive. It will keep you refreshed. It will keep the blessings of the new covenant flowing and manifesting in your life. Yeah. Say flow. flow. Say flow. flow. You know you love that word? Flow. I want a constant flow. I want a constant flow. 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 I like that. 
We need a constant, you know, and that's the will of God for your life. If you're a Christian, do you know that? That's the will of God for your life. And if you're, if you're anything less than that, guess what? That's not the will of God for your life. Stir them up, Holy Ghost. Stir them up, Holy Ghost. John 15, go there with me. Let's look at this. Let's read it over. This is so good. I, I just, you know, uh, I don't know how, how to get this across uh, in such a way, but I, I'm just feeling like, like God is telling us if we will just have radical childlike faith in his word, in his promises, that just wonderful breakthroughs would come. I mean, things where we would, we would be, our minds would be blown. Like, God, whoa, my, how, how in the world did you do that? I just, I'm telling you, I just feel it, that he's calling us to that place of radical, childlike faith. Don't ask questions. Believe what you read. Don't read what you believe. Oh, let's say that again. Believe what you read in the Bible. Don't read what you believe. Don't put your own spin on it. Don't put your own worldly, humanistic view. Last night on, on Facebook, I, I put a post on there. The Lord was just really impressing this upon me during prayer. I said, humanism is one of the greatest tools that Satan has used within the body of Christ. Bringing everything down to a human level, you know, everything supernatural. Duh. No, that don't make sense. Yeah, that don't make sense. So what do we try to do? Think about this, people. Uh, talking about people who are in bondage. We, we, now, I'm not saying counseling or medications around, but think about this. We, we've counseled demons. We've medicated demons. Instead of identifying the suckers and casting them out and setting the captives free. Now, think about this. Do you think 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was sitting down and they're bringing these people who are in bondage to him, okay? Do you think he said... You know what? You, you, you probably need to go uh, to the doctor and get, get, a, uh, get a prescription for Prozac. I, I really think that will help you. Um, no, he didn't. Think about it. They didn't have this stuff back in the day. So what is the answer then? Do you want to know what the answer is? The anointing. It is all about the anointing that destroys the yoke. What did they do 2,000 years ago? And you know why? Oh, Holy Ghost just showed me something. Because the anointing's not flowing through, the, through his people like it should because they're not seeking him for it. I'm telling you, I have been walking endlessly back and forth on this altar in prayer for a while now. And you know what my prayer is? God, I want the fullness of your anointing to flow through me. Amen. Is it scriptural? All I, I don't know. All I know is that God wants to pour out his spirit and he wants his power flowing. He doesn't want people in bondage. You know what? If there's going to be a lot of constipated Christians out there, God, give me their anointing then. Are you hearing me? Let it flow through me then. Here I am. Send me. Amen. Amen. That's not a prideful statement. The Holy Ghost is just stirring me up for more. I'm tired of seeing people in bondage. What did he do 2,000 years ago? There was no pharmacies around. 
Yeah. Cast the suckers out. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. People came to Jesus in bondage and they left healed and set free. Why? Because of the anointing. But there is a price to pay for the anointing. There is a price to pay for the anointing. Oh yes, there is a price to pay. Well, we're getting ready to go out with some friends and blah, blah, blah. The Holy Ghost says, I want you to go lock yourself in your room and pray tonight in the spirit for three hours. But God, I, I was supposed to go with my friends tonight. Go and pray. How bad do you want it? it's the anointing. It's got to be the anointing. By the way, since I've been praying that, I've been, I'm just telling you this just so it gives you kind of a stirring to press in like this. There, I've been flowing in the gifts in a greater level. Prophecy has been flowing in a greater level. The word of knowledge. Uh, I'm telling you, we're seeing, oh man, it's awesome. But I just can't get away from this. I'm telling you, it is so wild. It's like on Facebook, I'll put a post on there about, you know, uh, people being bound by the enemy, need to be set free. You wouldn't believe how many people try to talk away and say, well, no, nobody, nobody has demons today. No. Christians are telling me this. Oh, if they had them 2,000 years ago, you don't think in the crap that's in this world right now, you don't think people are opening them, themselves up to devils? Oh my goodness. More than ever. So either that has changed or the church has changed. The Word of God don't change. So we must have changed. Think about this. I mean, people... I. You know, one time I put on there, is it possible for a woman who, who had an abortion to have a demon spirit that need, she needs to be set free from? You should have seen all the, oh no, absolutely not. I said, well, goodness sakes, if murdering your own child can't give you a devil, what can? Are you hearing me? If murdering your own flesh and blood or being a partaker of that, if that doesn't do it, if that doesn't open up a devil in your life, then tell me, please, where am I off? What will? Go. So what do we have? What's the, what's the, 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 the result of the seeker-sensitive message and cutting all this stuff out of the Word of God? We got people sitting in our chairs, in our pews, every Sunday with suicidal tendencies. In bondage. They feel like they hit a brick wall in the spirit. Can't go higher. And what are the people saying? You know what? I'll be praying for you. You just, you know, just keep pressing in. You know, just faith. Now, I'm not saying that. Obviously, renewing of the mind is very important. But I'll tell you right now, you don't renew the mind of a devil. If a demon is there, you command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Jesus did it. He commissioned the 12 to do it. He commissioned the 70 to do it. And he tells the whole body of Christ to do it. We need to get out of the fear and start being on the offensive and set our brothers and sisters free in the name of Jesus. Oh, shah robo shanama kia.
Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Why isn't the body of Christ as a whole bearing the fruit and turning the world right side up? Because there's a bunch of ignorant people in the body of Christ who don't know the word. And there's a bunch of chickens in the body of Christ. I'm telling you right now. I'm just telling it like it is. If you, if you had a revelation of your authority over Satan and evil spirits, come on, somebody. If you just had a little revelation. You, I'm telling you, it is fun to tear Satan's kingdom down. And listen, listen to this. How one of the ways to tear Satan's kingdom down or to stop it from advancing is casting demons out. Setting people free because a devil, a demon needs a human body to function through. So when you set someone free, come on, you're stopping a section of Satan's kingdom from advancing by using an individual. Is this making sense to anybody? Jesus is that vine. He is our life source. He is our provision. If you're, if you're feeling lame and, and spiritually lame and crippled today, if your spiritual growth feels stunted, you feel like you're withering and backsliding spiritually, I, I just want to ask you one question. What are you looking at? Because what you're looking at is where your roots are planted. What you're focusing on, that's where your roots are planted. Let me tell you this. One plant in my office there that I'm real bad about giving water to. One time it looked really nice, right? And, uh, and it got withered. Yeah, I mean, it's been getting withered. But you know what? I take a couple bottles of water, and I put water in that thing, and I come in here and pray. I go back in there about an hour, two hours later. That thing is shiny again. What's my point? You feel backslidden and dry spiritually? It won't take much to put your roots back in and get that living water. Are, are you hearing me? It doesn't take long for a natural plant. Yeah, but Pastor James, I'm going to do that when I clean up this air. Would you just quit making excuses and press in? No, the problem is when you come back to the Lord and, and you ask for forgiveness, you know what the problem is? You don't forgive yourself. You're holding on to self-condemnation. That's what it is. If you have confessed that sin, forsaken it, and, and you're still in bondage to it, you're your own worst enemy there. God is faithful. But are you full of faith in him? When everything looks like it is falling apart in your life, are you able to stay focused on Jesus? 
Do you have enough faith to believe what God has spoken in his word will, will turn your situation around? When the waves are crashing against your boat, boat in the storms of life, do you still believe that Jesus is in the boat and he's saying, peace, be still? I'm living proof of that. I, there's a huge storm roaring three months ago in my life. Still is. But you know what? I'm, Jesus is in the boat with me and I have a peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Look at that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, 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 lean not. Get the point? On your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Don't lean or rely on your own fleshly human wisdom. Tap into the wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you if you're a Christian. Acknowledge Him. Call upon Him for wisdom. God said in James 1.5 that if you ask for wisdom, He would give it to you liberally, freely. Just ask Him and wait for the answer. Don't birth your own Ishmaels. <laughs> Someone got that. <laughs> mm, Romans eight twenty eight. Go there with me. Are you getting anything out of this today? Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Notice. If, if, if for all things to work together for good, you could say, do a math equation like this, you math teachers. All things work together for the good equals to those who love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. That's the equation to success in life. When the floods of life try to overtake you, are you able to laugh at the devil? Come on. Do you have the laugh of faith? Knowing that God is raising up a standard against him or them. Hello, somebody. Romans 8. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Says, for I am persuaded... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. It's a great verse, isn't it? Listen to this. Holy Ghost, when I read this. The Holy Ghost threw something out at me. And I was like, wow. You ready for this? I want you to notice that it lists a bunch of things there that can't keep you from the love of Christ, but it doesn't name you. Yourself. You can keep yourself out of the love of God. Did you know that? 
Jude one twenty one. you look it up yourself, says this. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Isn't that interesting? Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's true. The devil can't make you do anything. A person can't make you do anything. But guess who can make you do something? You. And you, my friend, can take yourself out of the love of God and put yourself by your own free will on Satan's ground. Oh, we got to be so careful. The love of Christ is talking about your provision for every need in your life. Love always provides provision. Did you know that? Love always provides provision. Hallelujah. Everything you need today and for the rest of your life into eternity is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you persuaded of that? Do you have needs and desires? Seek God for them. Allow, allow Him to work in your behalf. Not to spank your behind. Work on your behalf. Some of you will get that later. My goodness. I see times winding down. I, I, I got to finish while it's still day. All right? <laughs> because true prayer proves to God that you are counting on, you're relying on him as your source. And, and listen to me, God, God is not stupid and God is not mocked. He knows when you're just throwing up a prayer that he knows there's no faith attached to it, right? Because he, he sees the heart. He knows the heart of man. But you need to know today that your heavenly father has your best interest in store. He has your well-being in store he thinks about you all the time. He thinks about you and I all the time. And how he wants to bless us and the wonderful things that he has for us. So pluck your roots out of the dry ground and plant them near the rivers of living water. By making God your source and not man. Because the river of God never runs dry. Did you know that? Living water. Living water. It moves, never a stale, doesn't stink. The river of God never runs dry. And we need to strip away everything that we are leaning on other than the Lord and his holy word. Last point here and I'm done. I want to just share with you a quick account in the word of God that illustrates this truth of what are you looking at? And it's about Gideon. It's about Gideon. The children of Israel or the Israelites were being oppressed by the Midianites. The Bible says that they were being oppressed for like seven years because they did evil in the sight of the Lord. They did evil in the sight of the Lord, which put them on Satan's ground, by the way, and opened them up to attacks. Hello? Now it's time for the children of Israel to be delivered from that bondage. So God calls on a man named Gideon. By sending an angel to deliver him a message. This angel came to Gideon and delivered a message. Go to Judges chapter 6 quickly. Verse 15. Says, so he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. 
meaning my army is weak. And I am the least in my father's house. Now, Gideon was fearful. An angel shows up and says, basically, God's calling you to overcome this, this enemy. And Gideon, what does he do? He just, he, you know, he, he, he starts with these negative confessions. He was fearful of the enemy. Uh, hold, hold on. Oh, verse 12, sorry. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I find that interesting. That's verse 12, sorry. Verse 12, you mighty man of valor. Gideon was a stinking chicken. But what was God doing? He was calling those things which are not as though they were. Are you hearing me? And Gideon was looking unto man and his own abilities more unto God and his ability to work through him in them. Isn't that interesting? You mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. So, the story gets more interesting. Gideon's army, by the way, started at about 22,000 men. Now think about this. Gideon was afraid with 22,000 men. So, what did God do? He whittled it down to 10,000. Whoa. But then, you know what else, you know what God did then? He whittled it down to 300. If Gideon was afraid at 22,000, 300 is not going to make him feel any better. Look at Judges 7, 1 through 2. Then Jerubbabel, this is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many, uh, are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Why did God whittle it down? Because he wanted them to know it was not by their own works. It was not by their own strength, but by the spirit of the living God. And there's some things in your life that have been stripped out of your life that you're holding on to so tight. A dream or something, and something got taken away. And God's saying, look, I'm just here to prove to you that it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Eventually, the things that you're putting your faith in other than God and his word are going to be stripped away from your life. Some people ask, how do I know if, if a dream or, or a vision or is, is, this is a desire of God? I tell them this most of the time. I say, if you need God's help for it to come to pass, then most likely it's from the Lord. Of course, it's got to be in line with the word of God. Number one. But the word of the Lord for you today is to keep your eyes on him. Put your faith and your trust in him, in his holy word, in his exceedingly great and precious promises. He will never let you down. He will never fail. He will never forsake you, even in the darkest hour of your life. Come on, somebody. 
When it seems as if all hell is beating against you, you can know that you will come out victorious if you will just call upon the Lord and trust in his word. Because he has not forgotten about you in the storm. The question is this. Will you praise him in the storm? Don't praise him for the storm. Praise him in the storm. And with the Holy Spirit living on, in, on the inside of you as a Christian, there is no such thing as a helpless situation. Because with God, all things are possible to him who believes. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. What are you looking at? The Holy Spirit is challenging us today. He's challenging you. He's challenging me. What are you, what am I looking at? Now maybe there's someone in this place. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe you played the religious game. You went to church. Mommy and daddy took you to church, whatever. Maybe they didn't. Oh well, you know. The fact of the matter is this. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and you have breath in your lungs right now, that is the mercy of God. Because the Bible says it is appointed unto a man to die once and then the judgment. In other words, your eternal destination, heaven or hell, is sealed when you pass away from this earth. Now I want to ask those of you here, those of you watching online, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. And if you're here, I want you to meet me right over here by this drum set. And I want to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life, to be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Those of you watching online, if you never made Jesus Lord of your life and you want to right now, just say these words and mean it with your whole heart. Say, God, I am a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And it's that Jesus, Jesus the Christ, that I confess as Lord of my life. Fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I want to know you more. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for forgiving me of my sins and for this new start. Maybe there's someone in here, you're backslidden. Yes, you're a Christian, but your roots are in dry ground. Oh, yes. I'm talking to you that have been putting your, your trust in the arm of flesh, in the natural and not God. If that's you, I want you to come down. I want to pray with you. If that's you, I want you to come down. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's an experience for every Christian. If you want to learn more, be prayed for for that. Meet me over here. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body. If you need a physical healing, line up right in front. Line up right in front if you need a physical healing. Physical healing. I just feel like the front. And Cindy and Kent, you can come out here and help me pray. Elizabeth, you can come over here too. Worship the Lord as the music plays.
Lord, though it is painful, but patiently I will wait. I will move ahead, bold and confident, taking every step.
My life has led me down the road that's so uncertain And now I am left alone and I am broken Trying to find my way, trying to find the faith that's gone This time That you are holding all the answers But I'm tired of losing hope and taking chances On roads that never seem To be the ones that bring me home Give me a revelation Show me what to do Cause I've been trying to find my Online, have any prayer requests? Yes, sir. Powerful. 
Stretch your hand toward that camera right there. Pastor Joe is watching today in the coddles. Continue to pray for Anne. <clears throat> uh, she's not been able to shake some of the weakness in her body. Anne, we lift you up in the name of Jesus. I command every devil that's coming against your body, that's coming against your mind, to loose you in Jesus' name. Come out! God, let the anointing flow upon Anne right now, wherever she's at. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow, Lord God. Let wholeness come. Let wholeness come in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, Mindy's watching online. And uh, two friends, Clayton, who is two, and Tiara, who is nine, they both have cancer. <clears throat> I lift up these individuals, Clayton and Tierra, right now. I command every cancer cell in their body to die and dissolve in Jesus' name. Every cancerous growth to dissolve at the root in Jesus' name. For every plant which my Heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. And I command every cancer, every bit of cancer in the blood, every bit of cancer in that body, in those bodies to come out in Jesus' name. And I loose the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. I loose the healing power of God through their bodies in Jesus' name. Devil, you loose them right now and let them go. I speak life over them. Every word curse that any doctor, anybody has spoken over them. Any death sentence that's been spoken, I break it in the name of Jesus. I renounce it, I break it in the name of Jesus, and I loose life. I bless those two children in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let a fresh touch of your spirit come upon Mindy right now. For even giving that request, Lord, bless her right now. Fill her home with your manifest presence and glory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right, there's an individual she wants. <clears throat> this person wants deliverance from deceiving spirits. Uh, hold on. Oh, sorry. Uh, in the nation where she's from, she wants that area to be delivered from any deceiving spirits and all that stuff. So, <clears throat> Lord, wherever this individual's from, we come against the evil principalities and powers over that nation. And I bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray you would pour out your spirit in that nation. We bind and rebuke every demonic spirit that is operating in that nation, in the leaders, in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray for a revival, for a great awakening in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, be shaken. I command that nation, be shaken by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. My, hold on. Uh, and please pray for the children of the South Pacific to be radically delivered, especially those with unsaved parents. Lord, I pray for those children. We, Lord God, pray that you would send laborers into their path quickly. That, Lord God, they would catch fire, the fire of revival. Fire, fire of revival would spark in their heart. And you would use even young children to usher in the move in this nation. In Jesus' mighty name. So Satan, you loose. You loose these children in the name of Jesus. You loose these children in Jesus' name. Ha, Koba, 
Okay, John and Gail from Ontario. We are going to Ohio uh, over the next two weeks to visit unsaved family. We need prayer for boldness and opportunities to share Jesus with them. Oh, that's an easy one. They're all easy in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now for John and Gail. Lord God, I pray for a spirit of boldness. I pray for Holy Ghost boldness to come upon them right now. And Lord, I pray you would open a door of utterance for them to speak your word to these family members. Lord, let the door swing wide open. And I pray you'd give them wisdom. Give them the words in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing rest upon them mightily, heavily in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let your healing anointing go with them. Let your healing anointing go with them. Lord God, let them flow in the gift of prophecy in that place. That strongholds would come down in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Those of you watching online, God bless you. Make sure you tune in next Sunday. We'll be right here in Big Rapids, Michigan. God bless you. Oh, glory. Whew. All right, everyone, uh, Wednesday night service, 6 o'clock, we're having the, the dinner. Uh, yeah, well, Kathy, you have something? Hold on. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys this. Do you want prayer all this week? Yeah. Not, not only, I'm telling you, only if you're going to show. Do you want prayer? Who wants prayer? Raise your hand. All week. We're having prayer all week. Monday through Saturday at 6 o'clock. Come on up here. This is like a little stamp. Um, the wax stamp that seals off the envelope. Just in closing. It's taken out of Acts 3. Let's see if I can read it. And his name, Jesus... Through and by faith in his name, Jesus, has made this man, oops, back up here, has made this man whom you see and recognize well and strong. Yes, the faith which is through and by him, Jesus, has given the man this perfect soundness of body before all of you. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance not aware of what you were doing, as did your rulers also, kings, presidents, senators. <laughs> uh, thus God has fulfilled what he foretold by the mouth of the prophets, that his Christ, the Messiah, should undergo ill treatment and be afflicted and suffer. So repent, change your mind and your purpose, turn around and return to God, and your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. What an awesome service today. Amen? All right. Go out, be blessed, and enjoy the 4th of July weekend. Amen? Uh, 6 o'clock this week. We'll see you. Yeah.